Netflix. The only part of Netflix and chill that I actually did. Now when I told some people that my first episode was about Netflix, they shrugged. Why Netflix? Some even asked why a podcast. Well, that raises some existential questions. Why even do anything at all? I will talk about it some day, but I can understand where the others are coming from. With the so-called streaming wars, every second article is about Disney, Netflix, HBO, what have you. The last thing they needed was another guy on another podcast talking about the same thing. For starters, I am not another guy. And secondly, do you realize how much time Netflix eats up? If time was a large pizza, work is that jerk who's taking most of the slices. Traffic and sleep ends up eating a couple. And then when you finally get a chance to grab that last slice, Netflix says no, it's mine. As a married guy, I could think of 13 things that I could do with my wife during the weekends. But instead, we end up watching 13 reasons why. And if you aren't Netflixing or working, you're doing the goddamn dishes. Has anyone felt that dishes keep appearing from nowhere? But I digress. Even if you're not watching Netflix, you're hit by its presence almost all the time. Social media, advertising and office presentations. The common notion is that Netflix is successful because they use quote unquote data. It is at the crux of their decision making. This is where I found the topic for my first episode. Some time back, I saw an Indian movie in which the protagonist makes a pledge that he's not going to believe anything until he's seen it with his own eyes. In this post-truth era, that would be a great policy on which we live our lives. While Netflix and other people have been beating their chests on data, I thought I can give you some facts, both universal and personal, which might prove that you shouldn't take their words as the truth. When we come back, more on the Netflix story. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Armchair Renaissance Man. I'm Sanjay Madhavan. We were talking about Netflix and its story. Netflix may have streams of data, but isn't it obvious that we aren't talking about the elephant in the room? Content. Now the two most watched pieces of content, according to a report from Netflix, are Friends and The Office, none of which Netflix produced. In fact, some surveys have pointed out that people would simply move if these two go off the platform. Now think about that for a second. A lot of people log in and pay their money just for watching these two shows. While your algorithms, UI, marketing and CSR are surely important, none of it would make sense to these viewers. Thank Monica, Rachel and Phoebe Netflix. Some will shoot back, ah, Netflix knew that people watched Kevin Spacey and they did House of Cards. If only Netflix knew more about Kevin Spacey than knowing about its viewers. Stranger Things, The Crown, When They See Us, these are all great products, which makes us come back. We keep coming back because the films are great, the scenes are great, every second of it is great. 
Measuring what content works is easy, but why it works, no one has the answer. How does one quantify why a certain stand-up comedy works? The other feature that people harp about is how great Netflix are at recommending you the next best thing to watch. P.S. I spend around 15 minutes in finding what I want every day. And that is just when I'm alone. Imagine choosing what to watch with your partner. I don't think algorithms can help us out there. And when I watch a World War II documentary, the next recommendation is to watch one of Adolf Hitler. Look, maybe I'm the only guy on earth who's so confused. But if you're a person who logs onto Netflix and clicks on the first fucking thing that appears on the screen, please do PM me. And third, what's with the hype around contextual marketing? If it's Christmas, it's gonna show you 150 Santa Claus movies. If it's Valentine's Day, you'll probably see a Katherine Heigl movie. You get the point, right? Now that doesn't take a genius to do marketing, would it? Maybe in India, where we have millions of gods and thousands of festivals, it's an ask. But in the West, where there's only one god called Morgan Freeman, it should be a piece of cake. I've also read articles on how Netflix builds its highly advanced collaborative filters to recommend you the thing that you will like. But I'm just not convinced that it makes a difference. What I see is rules-based recommendation at best. Do notice that the recommendation is usually close to the last thing that you saw. At least that's what my personal experience has been. Now, a typical day would include me jumping from World War II to Morgan Freeman to A.R. Rahman. The randomness in watching content is something that an algorithm may never catch. Which is why YouTube works better for me. Even on Netflix, the best thing I watched was Ricky Gervais' Afterlife which I stumbled upon by chance. For people who watch random shit on the internet, YouTube is their place of worship. Now this thought experiment made me think, why did Netflix get this reputation? When we come back, more on the Netflix story. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Renaissance Man. We all know the origins of Netflix, which started out as a DVD delivery. A quick Wikipedia read would tell you of its initial operations and how they used postal service for it. It was a humble origin indeed, like a superhero movie. Every superhero needs one, doesn't it? But Peter Parker has to eventually become Spider-Man. While Disney had Mickey, Bambi and Simba, along with other characters that they have bought over, Netflix had none of those. It was a platform where they had to source content, basically a retailer for entertainment. And what is worse for a brand than having no identity? And thus, the image was formed of one who is methodical, one who is left brain in a right brain industry and one who is a techno geek in the industry of hippies. They have been pounding us with this message for many years now. WeWork projected itself as a technology company. We all know how that has turned out. Look, 
I work with data to pay my bills. I love the entire subject of it. I adore stories like the pregnant girl and target. And if you're selling umbrellas and you can predict when it's going to rain, that is brilliant. But the product that you're selling is stories and that requires characters regardless of how advanced your AI is. With Black Panther, Luke Skywalker and Woody breathing down Netflix's necks, they're going to need more of that. And they would take a good hard look into the black mirrors. And I think they are considering the fact that they are pouring billions of dollars in producing quote unquote original content under a debt of 30 billion dollars. This is from a Vox article which says in 2015 he being Ted Sarandos the chief creative officer admitted that data represented only 70% of the decision process with the judgment 30% coming on top. In 2018 this had inverted to 70% gut and 30% data. By 2019 it was 80 20. Once they claimed that sleep was their competitor now they would have started to lose sleep the latest news is that they are also entering the podcast world so i hope i don't burn any bridges make no mistake netflix is massively successful and revolutionized how we consume content and i love logging into it netflix also has made great use of tech infrastructure to keep major glitches from happening but by constantly associating netflix with data content creators and the art takes a back seat and i don't like the back seat unless i'm sitting in a taxi kissing in the back seat if you love what you heard do subscribe if you hated it do pray that the algorithm filters me out and if you have any thoughts message me this is armchair renaissance man i'm your host sanjay madhavan take care bye bye